What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Booth, your go-to podcast for all things concerning events, where we literally have you covered from A to E. Now, if this is your first time joining us, yes, I did say A to E, not A to Z. Let me break it down as to why. A, if you're an attendee, B, if you're a bride, C, if you're a coordinator, D, if you're a DJ, and E, basically everybody else, we have you covered. You're definitely your go-to podcast for all things concerning events and if you haven't already done so be sure to hit that subscribe button tell a friend or two leave a nice review love to hear those love to read those and give us a quick follow or give me a quick follow at dj ignite the number one on instagram just shoot me a dm i would love to hear from you give me a quick follow and get a little inside glimpse of what's going on and what projects we're working on and all the content that we're working on presenting and bringing to you Today, 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 today's a special day. So I originally had another episode in mind as far as what I wanted to do and what I wanted to bring to the table. But I just kept getting this really strong inkling for the last few days to change directions just a little bit. So today, today we're going to talk about my story. I'm going to actually just give you a little bit about my background and my journey, how I went from basically not liking DJs whatsoever, to like, I will never step into a nightclub, all the way up to, hey, let's start a podcast talking about events. (laughs) So here we go. If you don't know me, my name is Marcus. I've been DJing for like about 10 years, give or take. And to be honest, as I mentioned, I used to hate DJs. Growing up listening to the radio and hearing DJs, especially hip hop DJs, like on, um, Power 106 in LA, if you're familiar with that radio station, I used, they had like the live power mixes like during lunch or something like that, or uh, DJ being for a little while, do a little mini mix, a little set uh, in the mornings, and you know, you're playing the song, and you just always hear the scratching, and the song start over again, and over again, and over again, it's like, back to the beat drop, back to the beat drop, back, 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 back to the beat, back, back, back to the, back, back to the, back to the, back to the beat, I'm like, just let the song play, just let the song play already, for crying out loud, like, what are you doing, like, please stop, uh, <laughs> And uh, so, like, yeah, I could not stand DJs for quite a long period of time. Um, And so fast forward a few years later to I'm like, okay, I lost my quote unquote career job that I knew at the time. And I'm like, I'm like, I just need a job. I've tried every warehouse job. I've tried like other courier jobs. I've not been able to find a job. A brother needs a job. I desperately, desperately need a job. So. Through conversations and and happenstance and things like that, it was like, hey, apply for a job at this um, local, well, not local, but it's down in the Inland Empire, down in Temecula, Uh, you know, apply for a job down in Pachanga and just apply for anything and we will, you know, make sure that you get an interview because, you know, my husband is the comedy club manager. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, okay, slot tech technician, nah, uh uh-uh, can't deal with the casino floor, can't deal with all the smoking, Okay, bus person at Silk the nightclub. All right. Um, mm, okay, if I have to, if I have to, I would definitely. I, I guess I have to. So, I applied for this the position as a bus person at Silk the nightclub, and I got the position. And I'm like, yay! As soon as I can get out of this place and transfer, I am doing it. I'm getting out of here as quick as I can. 
Well, that job was definitely the most pertinent and most uh, important job that I ever had the opportunity to get because being a bus person at Silk the Nightclub introduced me to the nightclub life, of course, which I said, especially growing up as, you know, growing up and coming up from a Christian home, I'm like, nope, I'm never going to a nightclub. Nope, not going to do it. Nope. Mm, that's, mm, nah, that's mm, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. I don't, I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> actually working in one. <laughs> that's funny. That, that, that's, that's hilarious about our expectations and what we think we want and where we think we're going and ultimately where we end up. So anyway, um, I started going and it it took about maybe a year, maybe or so before it really started clicking. And um, I started paying attention to what the DJs were doing. And my original notion from, you know, hearing those radio DJs began to change because I began to notice, especially the good DJs, how what they were doing was impacting the night in a positive way. Um, horrible DJs, it felt like forever. We opened at 9 p.m. It felt like forever until we got to 1.30 in the morning. Um, good DJs, it was like so much fun, so much energy, so much good music going on. And the way they constructed it, the way they put it together, um, going back and forth between brand new stuff, stuff that's semi-nostalgic, stuff that you've never heard of before and just enjoying it, you're like, Dang, it's one thirty already? Oh, snap. We're almost off. And, okay, all right, so there's there's something more to what DJs do and the energy that they bring and how it all comes together. And then I started asking DJs questions. I started really inquiring of them and asking them kind of like what their backgrounds were and how they get started and any advice that they would give and things like that. And so my decision began my decision to go into DJ began to start <laughs> um when I engaged in those questions because me being a music person myself that point in time you know I just do music production um you know of course singing songwriting I was going to university at the time for composition so working on the music composition aspect of musicality and this was sparking and speaking to my musicality. This was speaking to my creative side. Um, this was speaking to my production, my producer side. You know, hearing DJs scratch and mix now and hearing it as a percussive instrument and hearing it, you know, bringing energy and almost playing an instrument themselves on the stage and complementing the songs and the music that's going on and building that that hype out of, you know, introductions instead of just randomly, when I let, when I, when I, when I, you know, turning it to like, when I let the beat, what when I let the beat, when I let the, when I let the, when I let the beat drop, boom, you're like, oh, snap. It had a completely different, I guess these people really knew what they were doing, um but it completely had a different energy to it. It had a completely different vibe to it, which started to really spark my interest. And, Going from, you know, being a busser and really listening and watching and, you know, having fun and dancing and partaking in the energy and befriending, you know, these DJs. You know, I finally got myself my, what was my first? I think it was my first MacBook Pro. And uh, at that point in time, um, Algorithm came out with that DJ software. And this is when it was like brand spanking new. Like it wasn't proven. It wasn't 
really established. So Algorithm DJ was free. Hey, yeah. <laughs> now Algorithm's like, what, 50 bucks, I think, or something like that? Because uh, it's it's more proven, it's more versatile, and, you know, it definitely brings a lot to the table. But back then, it was free. It had two, you know, virtual um, uh, turntables and, of course, a mixer and a crossfader and things. And so, you know, I was in choir as part of my music composition requirements and being a music major and part of those requirements. And I would just, I mean, everybody would be on the bus, you know, working on their homework and working on their papers I didn't so much follow that lead. <laughs> I was more so on the bus, plugged in, headphones on, practicing. You know, I would just bus ride back, you know, from concert, practice. Um, I spoke to one DJ who later became my coach and, and mentor, DJ Rob Fonza. And he he told me flat out, it was like, practice one song over and over again. Practice again and again and again and again. And just when you get sick of it, practice some more, you know, practice transitioning from one song to the other and then back from that song back to the other song and vice versa. And then add a song and then practice de- uh, mixing between those three songs. And I was like, man. So then, I, you know, I had an iPhone at the time, too. So when I wasn't practicing on my, on my, my laptop, I was practicing on my iPhone because, <laughs> again, it was free. <laughs> so it, it tapped into my music, my music catalog. Um, you know, my iTunes. And so I would just grab um, a couple of songs and just go back and forth, just like you said, over and over and over again. And I had the opportunity to, to talk to and and get some insight and advice from a lot of phenomenal, phenomenal DJs, uh, some of which I still have good relationships with to this day. Um, a lot of them I still support. I mean, DJ Morse Cole, DJ Tony Martinez, um, local icons like dj ic ice dj loxy um first dj rico who i i didn't say his name last time but he's definitely somebody i was referring to when i said like every time he djs i still i just have a notepad i have shazam ready to go on my phone because he brings so much musicality and everything he plays and i'm just like constantly taking notes I've been doing this for a while now, and I still, anytime I get around him, anytime I listen to one of his mixes, I'm just taking notes. The man is an underrated, just fire genius. Love that brother. Um, anyway, so since they were taking the time to talk to me, I had to take the opportunity to act, you know, act into their counsel and act into their advice. And after all the times that I spent, you know, practicing, you know, in the hallways, at school, uh, at, at university, um, I would spend practicing at home. I would spend practicing, again, this is no no gear, mind you, no turntable, no controller. It's just simply my phone and my laptop. So I'm practicing digitally, trying to get these fundamentals, trying to understand the basis of, you know, mixing and the musicality and beat matching and, and uh, uh, playing playing off of tempo playing in key when to dj in key when it's okay to kind of get away with not transitioning in the same key Ooh, there we go oh i understand okay as a music major okay the circle of fifths okay harmonetics how these how melodics how these things inter- in, interact with each other how these things impact each other Ooh, okay well now as a music major now this is starting to really become interesting because these music fundamentals that i'm you know working on in class as we're looking at classical music and we're looking at um you know, the Baroque period and all these master composers, it's like, oh, this stuff still applies, especially in this medium, 
okay. And so again, just continue to practice, practice. Ultimately, I took that practice to work. And (laughs) oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. That was probably one of the best and worst decisions I've ever made in my life. Um, I did say I worked in a nightclub, right? So I work with a bunch of bartenders and bussers and and, uh, servers and VIP hosts that this is what we do. We work with clubs. We hear DJs all the time. So I would get to work extra, extra, extra early. I would do my job. I would do all the things that were required of me, you know, for my job. And then I would clock in when it was time to actually do my job, when it was actually time to work. Because at that point in time, the lighting and sound tech arrived. And since he was there, he would turn the power on to everything. He needed to do a sound check anyway. Then... I just jumped on and started grabbing, getting the things that I needed to get. Um, that's when I switched programs. Um, for at work, I started working with Serato because we had Serato boxes in the DJ booth at work. Um, we had the turntable, we had the turntable, the vinyl controllers at work. Um, we had the needles at work for the turntable. So you know, we had the CDJs at work. So I had the different tools to be able to go to work and practice. And like I said, the best and worst decision, because here I am practicing with a bunch of people who know this industry, who know this, who know what to listen for, who knows what makes a good DJ good. That were like, oh, that dude is or that lady is fire. And other ones that are just like, this DJ sucks. Um, And so I'm up there and I'm practicing. (laughs) I'm going to be real. It was horrible for a while. Like the transitions were awful. The song choices were awful horrible the beat matching was off the volume control was like uh (laughs) it was rough (laughs) it was very very bad and because again i worked at a nightclub with a bunch of bartenders and 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 bussers and servers and vip hosts they also were very keen and kind enough to let me know that it was garbage They were kind enough to let me know that, like, oh, bruh, like, no, no. But nonetheless, I persisted. I I kept practicing. I didn't get in trouble with my manager. So I was like, he wasn't having a problem with the way that I was performing and doing my job and how I was preparing and getting, you know, getting the the job prep work early before I started practicing. And so practicing was not interfering with my job performance. He was okay with it. So, hey, I'm going to keep practicing. Eventually through all the errors and the ups and downs and trials and whatnot, eventually it got to the point where I knew I was making headway because I I would go back and I would ask the bartenders how I did, and their answers would be like, bruh, no. Like, first of all, you played, why? Why? It went from that to, oh, snap, I forgot you were DJing. I didn't even notice, which means that they were able to tune out and really zone in and just focus on what they were doing and just, like, embrace the environment that I was creating in my practice. Which means that, okay, now the transitions and everything are getting good. All right, all right, I, I got this. So at that point in time, we had um, we had to go pick up the DJs from the airport or whatnot. And so when they were running late and we didn't have an opener DJ, what we would do was we would play this opening mix that was like an hour long. And one day I just went to my manager and I was like, hey, you know what? We play these opening mixes and these opening mixes play all the songs that need to be played later in the night, first thing. Like, you know, what if I take a shot at it? And so he was like, okay, remember, 
if any take off your badge if anybody if anybody you recognize from the board anybody you recognize from like high up in the company come in and see you like hide pretend you don't work here like pretend you don't know what's going on like i will disavow any acknowledgement of giving you the okay or the green light to to do this so i was like okay so cool i took my badge off and i would practice and well i would actually i would be the inadvertently be the unofficial unofficial opening dj and i started to gain a little bit of of a following just from the people that i've known just as a busser and those regulars and they will see me like oh shoot marcus call yay what what um and so i was like all right this feels good all right oh this is going somewhere well they made the decision to close the club and turn it into a bingo hall <laughs> so they're like okay you know you guys can relocate anywhere in the casino you know and take up a new position and just transfer to that new um department or this can be your last night at you know working here and so doing the homework and doing the math i'm like okay hold up hold up wait 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 wait, wait. so i scramble and i make mm, x amount of dollars an hour so my paycheck every other week is x amount of dollars and with tips, then I'm looking at X amount of dollars per night, which basically adds up, if it was consistent, X amount of dollars per paycheck. So my paycheck is X amount of dollars. The opening DJs get paid how much? Really? Like, okay. Oh, and the headliners. Oh, that's like a couple of mom, a couple months on my paycheck. A few, like six months. Um, <laughs> that's like six months on my paycheck, like in one night for like three hours of work. Um, hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> that was, that was good. But that was also horrible because I told you, so Rob Fonda, Rob Fonda, sorry, Rob, Rob Fonda was gracious enough to take me under his wing. He coached me and mentored me. He let me, um, you know, start hanging out with him in the nightlife in this, in the areas where his company had, um, created relationships. And so I would go down to, you know, this this uh local sports bar i would go down to like the restaurant that they had going on 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 like on wednesdays and i would go in there and i'll sit in there and sometimes you know he let me spin you know i saw humility at its finest this is the man who owns the company this is the man who is a phenomenal dj and literally we're drawing straws as far as who's going to like open who's going to dj in the middle and who's going to close and no problem whatsoever. He like he's the opening DJ. He opens, no problem. I mean, just humility at its finest. I mean, the man. That's why I still look up to my brother to this day. He's phenomenal DJ, a great leader, a great businessman, a great husband, a great father. Like nothing but absolute respect for this man. So we were um we were going, and then when you go from the comfort of being on the stage DJing or inside the DJ booth to like literally somebody leaning over your shoulder, looking over your, your computer, nudging you while you're praying, like, please don't spill your drink on my gear. While they're basically asking you, oh, what you using? Oh, snap, what you playing with? Okay, hey, you know, I used to DJ too back in the day. Like, <laughs> hey, you know what you should do? You should play going to that from the comfort and the safety of Silk to where we were was a huge wake-up call. Like, I had to get good real quick because if it sucked, they would not, like, hide their disappointment. They would not walk away and go to the bar. They would walk over, stand right next to you and be like, bro, you suck. 
or not even that, like, you know, it, again, it was a very humbling time as well because I'm DJing, I'm making, you know, I'm doing this transition. I think I'm doing good. I look over at my, at, at, at Rob and at, at DJ Rico and I'm like, yo, that was fire, right? And they're looking at me like, eh. <laughs> you're like, really? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So you go on your DJing and then you like, you make a song selection and you look at you, you know, you look back like, right, hey, I'm doing good, right? They look back at you like, mm, you really want to play that song now? Okay. All right. Okay. So, but I loved it because when I did hit those, when I wasn't thinking about them per se, and I was just really in the zone and DJing and coming up with some good transitions and some good song choices and putting together a a good mix. And then I look over at them and then they're just like engaged and they're giving me like hand waves like, oh, shoot. It's like, it's real. It's like, whoa, I really pushed to a different level. And so like, okay. At the same time, I told you, you know, having the drunk guy standing over your shoulder saying, hey, you know, I can do that while you're thinking, please don't spill your drink on my gear. Uh, (laughs) I knew very quickly the night scene was not for me, but I enjoyed doing that level of of DJing. I enjoyed that level of 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 what it meant to to perform at that level. And so I said, hey, let's take this gift. I talked to my wife. I said, hey, let's take this gift. You know, we go to a, a private Christian university. Y'all, let me tell y'all, that ring by Springs Tough is real. Like, cats, like, you're 20 years old. What are you talking about? Oh, my God, I'm engaged. Like, real? Like, slow down. Like, enjoy. Live a little. I know we've been dating for, like, two weeks, and I know, like, God told me he's the one. You're like, oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we're getting married next week. Okay. Uh <laughs> But so we decided, my wife and I talked about it. And we did, we wanted to use it as a gift. We wanted to use it to serve. And so we're we're going to this private Christian university, you know, all these young cats getting married, dealing with student loan debt, you know, dealing with no real income, trying to put together a nice ceremony. And they can't afford, you know, pay a few thousand dollars for a DJ. And so I'm like, you know what, what if we did go into weddings, you know, and started kind of serving the community around us and the people that we know and, and DJing for them. And she's like, okay, let's do it. And so that's when we started our, our DJ business. And that and the fact that I would get text from people saying, hey, I'm at so-and-so's wedding. Guess what the DJ just played? Dot, dot, dot. What? Question mark. Dude, the DJ just played the hokey pokey. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> really? That's kind of why I went into like, are mobile DJs good DJs? Because I know cats that are like mobile DJs and they play stuff like that. You're like, what are you thinking? And I know mobile DJs like myself that are really, really good. And they actually get, bring that high energy, that good warranted quality and caliber to the event. So go back and check that episode if you haven't done so. Um, so we're like, you know what? Let's let's do it. You know, let's do it. And so we did it. We were doing it for a while and it was going good. Word of mouth referrals was going really, really well. And they were like, you know what? Let's start branching out. So we started branching out and then we started to notice the difference in the, in the, in markets, which was another lesson as far as business was concerned. Because like I'm DJing over here. Yeah, we're doing it for $500. $500. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To like, oh yeah, my package, my package is, yeah, they're $500. $500. What's wrong with you? Are, are you any good? Like, have you been DJing for a while? Like, are you brand new? Is this your, is this your first gig? Like, uh, do you know what a mix is? Um, do you have con- a controller or turntables? Um, you're like, uh, 
No, it's five hundred dollars because I was dealing with a lot of broke college students. Um, uh, so we had to learn about you know pricing things and playing to the market and understanding your market and understanding the demographic in which you're working. And so those were like definitely growth and business lessons um, that we've gone with over the years and learned over the years. And so it was like, okay, we're doing that. And then I know my wife was like tired of, you know, oh, we got one or two weddings this month. We got like six weddings next month. We got like one, what, you know, one event the month after that. We got like seven events the month after that. And I do say events because we were doing a lot of other stuff, not just weddings. We were doing father-daughter dances. We were doing mother-son dances, birthday parties, um, anniversary parties, corporate events. Um, there's one particular philanthropic work that I just love doing um, that just really deals with pets and pet and health and safety. And all the proceeds go to getting oxygen masks. It's Amazon Foundation. Look them up. Uh, give them a shout out, especially if you are an animal lover like myself. And so... There, we had more events going on. So to try to give her some stability, um, a friend of ours, we ended up doing his wedding. And he's like, hey, you know what? By the way, um, you know, we need a DJ at this at our at our university, you know, like for, you know, for like volleyball. Would you be interested in, in doing it? I'm like, yeah, because it's for a season. So they have X amount of games. So it starts to build that consistency, build that residency. So I started DJing sports. And um Volleyball, oh my goodness, I love those girls. That that when when you have a situation where it's literally sometimes you, the girls on the team, the coaching staff, and a handful of parents versus like a entourage from the other school, and you have to bring the energy and still like back up, you know, the girls for five sets. <laughs> that's that is that is a lot of energy that is a lot of mental toughness which is why again i just have so much love and so much respect you know for my girls on the volleyball team lady highlanders ucr you know big shout out r's up so anyway like i was saying so like you really build that and then so that led to basketball and basketball was a different beast into himself and then that's when i learned about dj Molsky. and dj Molsky is a cat out of la um who djs for like the trojans the sparks um, the Rams, like this man DJs for like Tori Kelly's hanging out at the house, <laughs> Universal City Walk. And I'm looking at this dude, and I'm like, that's what I want to be when I grow up. So I started checking out DJ Malski, and then it's like there was another level of growth, another level of like discovery and and learning, you know, myself and pushing myself, not trying to be like him. Because that man is a beast and the man's been DJing literally, I think, since birth. Um, <laughs> shout out to DJ Mosky. Uh, the man is just absolutely, his energy, his engagement, the the fun that he has, the freedom that he has. I mean, I'm like, I want to be like that one. I definitely want to be like that when I grow up. So just drawing all of these influences, like from, you know, DJ Loxie to, you know, who DJs all over the country, who DJs, you know, especially like a lot of residents. He's in Las Vegas and it was such a strong family man. Um, father, husband, you know what I mean? Just an awesome man. Um, DJ Icy Ice, same thing. An awesome man, awesome husband, father, just like these great dudes understanding like these men behind these turntables. Like it's just for me was absolutely just amazing. So ultimately, you know, we fast forward to 2020, we hit this pandemic and I started brainstorming, started playing with the idea 
of actually doing a YouTube channel for this. You know, I was going to have mobile tips and that's going to be my thing really, um, you know, on YouTube. And and then it's like, you know what? I started looking at more and more and more and more in podcasting and ultimately kind of like the community that it builds. And so, um, you know, I was like, all right. So I started really thinking about it some more and kind of brainstorming some more and trying to learn more about podcasting. Um, and you're seeing the growth in podcasting because, you know, a year ago, early 2000, they had just barely crossed over to the the million podcast. There wasn't even a million podcasts a year ago. And now, I mean, podcasts are springing up left and right. It's like the, literally the new gold rush. But that's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I see, you know, the 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 market growing. I'm seeing the communities begin to build. And one thing that I've learned from doing just the various events is that for a lot of people, they don't know what they're doing. And so I wanted to create something where it offers experience, you know, some expertise, other voices other than mine, which is why I'm reaching out to so many people to come in and, you know, to interview, to give you, the audience, more perspective, uh, more experiences, and more insight from different angles and different vendors um, so that, you know, your events will go well. I can't tell you how many times I've seen the mother of the bride, like, scrambling and, you know, just sweating mirror an hour and a half before the, the guests are to arrive because she's the one trying to make sure all the table all the tables are are in order all the centerpieces are together you know all the flowers look good it's like you are the mother of the bride like go enjoy this day for your family but don't necessarily have anybody how do you put these pieces together where even if you are gonna you know diy it how are you gonna do it where you can diy it but do it to a high degree and not take on all the stress of like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm nervous and I'm just like scrambling and things are out of control. It's like five million things coming at me. I'm not sure what I should, should do or what I should bring. So I wanted to really, you know, bring this podcast to this medium for now. Hopefully maybe eventually we'll go over to YouTube, um, as well. But for now, I just want to start off with, with this and, um, starting to blog a little bit, you know, these episodes and, and share them in other mediums. Cause I really want to see people, as things are opening back up and and I know a lot of events are going to be popping on like ever before just because we were able to like get around each other and we're able to you know enjoy not being in stay at home orders especially from how especially if you're from California <laughs> you know what I'm talking about um so I I believe that events are really going to pop like never ever before and I really would love to see just to offer this value of hey please if you use these tips and tricks, I hope they work and, you know, use it for your next event. So it doesn't matter if it's, you know, celebrating that graduation. doesn't matter if it was like, you know, finally being able to celebrate your reception um, for the wedding that you had originally desired that you guys just finally just caved in and ran and got married in a quick private ceremony in 2020. And now we're able to really open up the doors and celebrate and have a good reception. And I want you to be able to have all those elements uh, and be able to have the event go as well as possible and be as memorable as possible for all the right reasons. So I hope you guys are finding value in this. That's a little bit about my story. That's a little bit about me. Um, sorry, I went a little bit over what we normally do, but I just wanted to really kind of give you guys an insight. Of like, I know if you're listening, you're like, who's this guy? And like, wh- like what makes you an authority on events anyway? Well, that's kind of where I came from. And then, you know, do, doing more events, you start to, 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 you know, get more experience and get more insights. And then because my wife and I, we 
worked events together a lot, you know, me being the DJ, her being the one to kind of like get all the information and doing all the running around so I can focus on just the music part of it and transitioning and <clears throat> keeping the energy level where it needs to be so that if things were running late, people don't feel it. And I'm not like scrambling and saying, playing one song and then running around trying to find out, hey, what's the ETA? When are they going to start serving dinner? Or, hey, when did you want to have the toast? When you, oh, shoot, I got like 20 seconds left on the song. I got to run. And to avoid any dead air, just throwing on some random song and now songs don't make sense. Um, she was doing all of that for me. So I was able to actually, you know, give good quality to, you know, the music component. And in doing so, it kind of led into her taking on more and more, you know, day of coordinating experiences and day of coordinating opportunities. And so we got to work more on the coordinating side of things and helping to plan things and, you know, getting, getting those relationships with other vendors at, you know, these events and networking and working with, hey, I remember you, hey, you were the photographer at so-and-so's wedding, right? Oh my God, oh my God, the pictures that you did were so good. Dude, hey, I love the last, uh, you know, when you DJ for so-and-so's wedding. That was awesome. Dude, um, hey, you know what? I'm so glad we got to see each other again. And then you start, you know, seeing that community of fellow vendors, whether it be caterers, photographers, videographers, DJs, musicians, um, wedding planners, you know, coordinators, florists, cake <laughs> you know bakers like oh you all start to come together and it builds this nice little community and so literally it's all these vendors not competing you know for the dollar but they're working together to make sure that you the coordinator you the bride you the attendee are all experience a great event so anyway that's all i got for you guys today like i said earlier if you haven't already done so hit that subscribe button um please shoot me a DM, hit me up. Let me know what you guys think. Share, if you're, you know, in events or if you're looking at going into events, share me a story. Give me a, you know, a shout out. Hit me a, with a DM on Instagram again at DJ Ignite, the number one. Um, I'll definitely read them and maybe even depending on what's going on, feature them in a future episode because again, this is about, ultimately this is about community. Ultimately this is about building, you know, a bunch of people, a resource for people planning events, um, understanding for people who go to events and be like, man, that was a really good event. Oh, that event wasn't that good. Why? Oh, because this, there was no uplighting. So I didn't feel as emerged when we were there at the event. Oh, plus the music was like too loud and it was so random. And so it was off putting and it was very distracting. So I didn't get a chance. So that's why that event was so bad versus that. Oh, but you know, babe, you remember when we were at someone's event and such and such event? Oh, you remember how good it that's why it was good. And then so you understand what to look for and what you're taking in and what you're partaking and experiencing that's making your event, you know, your your experience just so good. So anyway, y'all, that's all I got for y'all today. Have you already done so? Hit that subscribe, that subscribe button. Follow me on Instagram at DJ Ignite, the number one. And uh, I'm trying to get a, some more stuff going for you guys up this way. I got some resources that I'm working on getting ready to launch. Some free resources, keyword free, resources I'm working on getting ready to launch and put out there for you all. So if you're planning an event, you'll be able to tap into those resources to help you stay organized and kind of help you uh, go through the planning process and have a smooth event. So that's all I got for y'all. Much love. Appreciate y'all already. We're going, we're going and growing and definitely taking it beyond the booth. Y'all have a good one. Talk to y'all later. Peace.